there, I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. And that's what this show is about, normalizing all loss, and perhaps broadening your view of what loss is, and um, then helping you find something in your loss. I really, I like to do this through guests who have had their own loss experience and or expertise as well as my own personal and professional purview. And, and it's, it's all done within the framework of some laughter because humor is so vital to walking the grief path. I really want to thank you for joining me today. Um, we're going to be talking about navigating the upcoming holidays and help you develop a plan to do so. But, but first, I just uh, I want to do a little housekeeping. Um, I encourage you to, to reach out to me with questions or comments about the show, you know, please email me at lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com, lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com. I have a a listener uh, that after every show, she will send me a note about what resonated with her or something that she learned, some sort of takeaway, something. Uh, Vicki is her name, and I can't tell you how good that feels uh, that she takes the time to do that and how much it encourages me. So thank you, Vicki, for always taking the time to do this. It's, uh, it's very meaningful to me, and I, I don't take it for granted. And I really would love to hear from more of you. Uh, again, you can email lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com. So anytime you have any questions or comments, feel free to do so. Uh, email them to me. I will answer them on the next show. And uh, I, I would like, you know, let's just have this be a partnership. I do ask that you spread the word about Lost and Found. I, um, I remind you, you know, just about every week that we stream live on 1150kknw.com. And the show is now available as a podcast. So no matter where family live, um, any of your friends live, they, uh, they have access via the Internet or a podcast. So let them know about the show. And I don't want to ask that as, oh, my show is so good, you know, let everyone know about it. It's, it's not really with that attitude. No, that, that request is really coming from my heart um, of wanting to touch as many people as possible to support them through their grief journey. And, and I want to be able to educate them to know how to support someone that, uh, that they may love. So I really view this show almost as a mission, if you will, um, it's a way for me to, to touch lives of grieving people. It's a, it's a privilege to do so. And, and I want you to know that I don't take it for granted in any way. And uh, I've had a, I've had amazing opportunity, you know, to bring you people who have experienced profound grief, yet they've really found something in their pain that is a blessing to them that they would not have had had the loss not occurred. And that's really something that I want to be a, um, a message each week is what is the blessing in your life that has occurred since the, the loss occurred? And, you know, I've had professionals that have come on to share their expertise, as well as a lot of authors. I've been really blessed to be, um, have a lot of authors who have come on and written about their experiences. And I just hope through all of them, you know, that you've been touched, that your life, whether you're actively grieving or not, is maybe running a little more smoothly because of something that you have heard on Lost and Found. So, yeah, I'm grateful that you listen. I'm grateful that you find value in this type of show. And I'm really grateful when you send me a line and let me know what was uh, what was particularly important to you or helpful to you uh, during a particular show. So, I'm not really sure where where that came from. It kind of just kind of came out of the blue here as as we were talking. But uh, that was, I guess, a little bit of housekeeping. But to the housekeeping that I really meant to say is I want to let you know that Candia Sanders is going to be joining me next week. If you've been a longtime listener, you recognize her name as she's been my guest a couple times. Uh, She's the author of When Eagles Soar, From Diagnosis to Death uh, to... Uh, dialogue, and then uh, soul rays, discover the vibratory frequency of your soul. 
she's really an interesting person. She's very bright and energetic. And I, I just really thought it would be nice to have a guest that's going to bring some, as she signs her emails, cosmic sunshine and encouragement to all of us. It's Thanksgiving week. And I just thought having Kanda, Candy on, she's the perfect person to just give some encouragement and to lift our spirits. So next week we'll be having a, a lighthearted encouraging conversation and I'm sure it's going to make you feel uh, you know feel good you're going to be smiling and it's going to be a really nice transition into Thanksgiving and let's see oh what did you think of last week's conversation with Lori Levy if you missed it you gotta download the podcast Lori is a bereavement doula for individuals and couples who deliver uh, their babies as a stillbirth or maybe perhaps it's a live birth, but the baby will die shortly after um, they're born. And I learned so much from her, as I'm sure you all did uh, listening to it. My three big takeaways were, were just, I just really understood more after listening to her and talking with her that the individual or a couple, their parents, you know, no matter if their baby is born alive or if their baby will die shortly after being born, they are parents and that we should consider them so. We should refer to them as parents. And number two, my takeaway was, um, you know, whatever the parents want to do to celebrate the birth and honor their baby is really okay and normal, whether we as outsiders feel comfortable or not, you know, Folks holding their baby, taking that baby home as they're allowed to do, having pictures taken um, with them, with their deceased baby. Uh, and there's so many other things she mentioned. They are all okay and normal. You know, whatever feels good to the parent is what needs to take place. And I was struck by how she talks with the parents about having this be a celebratory time with, filled with the anticipation of their baby being born and how they want to be with their baby, Uh, something that a lot of us don't think about and something that I think a lot of people may not feel comfortable with. And we talked a little bit about that as well, how to support someone. And that's kind of my my third takeaway was, you know, she was talking about how you can see pictures on the Internet before you would go perhaps to visit the parent and see, see the baby itself, how you would be prepared for that so there's not the, oh, my gosh, what am I seeing type uh, uh, reaction. And when it comes to supporting, you know, the individual or a couple, the parents that have lost the baby, you know, food trains are great. Everyone will set up, you know, ways to to be supportive of them. However, just remembering that your presence is important, that that can be one of the most effective ways um, to be supportive is just be there. And knowing that your comfort and being able to talk with the parents about their baby is so important. Giving that parent or those parents a forum to talk openly about their child, all the hopes that they have lost because their child has either died or will die. You know, just being that present without any concern of needing to come up with words to make them feel better. Uh, it was just really a, a really good discussion and I'm very grateful that I was able to to connect with her and you know I I think it's a guest also that could come back and there's you know obviously multiple layers to all of this but for just a really good overview of understanding uh, the process of what parents experience and what they think and feel and how to be supportive of them this is a great show to, to download and take a listen to and to share. I, uh, I want to thank my sponsors. I, I have a couple sponsors that have come on board and want to be able to support me in bringing a, a show to you all each week, 55-plus real estate and care partners. You're going to be able to hear their, their commercials uh, this week. I, I believe last week perhaps too, but this week I just want to say thank you to them for um, being uh, wanting to to join in um, with me in bringing you shows to, to talk about loss and what can be found in them. I encourage you to, to take a moment, check out their websites, listen to the commercial so you know how to get in touch with them. I, uh, I kind of don't want to say I vet people, but I do, you know, this is an important, as I said, this is an important mission to me, and I want to have some folks on that will sponsor the show 
that really are out to serve others as well. So Care Partners LLC, it is, uh, well, you'll hear the commercial. I won't won't spoil that for you. In 55-plus real estate, they uh, they really have a mission-centered um, little bit of thoughts. Uh, I mean, they have a, a mission-centered, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to say, so I will not go on with that. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm having a brain lapse, but they really focus on trying to help people. There you go. How about that? Thank you. So let's take a, a short break. And when we return, um, I'm going to come back. We're going to get started on talking about navigating the holidays, going to work on making a plan here. So I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found, and we will be right back. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, what do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property? Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you, freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you, your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at 1-800-964-1553. That's 1-800-964-1553. We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living. Discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid spend downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, valuing independence and care for all. Contact Kelly today at 425-931-2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters. And through every loss, something can be found. So I like that song, Eric. Thank you for playing that, because this show really is going to be about how not to be so blue during the holiday times. And I say that in all seriousness. Um, The goal is if we make a plan and kind of set some expectations, it's going to to help with some of those feelings of feeling blue. So uh, Eric, and we don't ever talk about what music to play, and he always does a great job. Sometimes I think uh, he uh, just is really connected to what my message is. So thank you, Eric, for that. Um, so yeah, we're going to be going to be talking about navigating the holidays and and why, you know, this is really an important show topic. It's, you know, I mean, let's face it, the holidays can be difficult when everything is going well, um, or at least when everything in your life is intact. You know, they're even more difficult after a loss when everything seems um, so out of sync and so not intact. Uh, And it doesn't really matter how long ago the loss occurred. A lot of times, if this is the first time that you're experiencing some uh, the holidays or some special days, that, that first year can be really, really difficult, and it's really important to plan for it. And But also, I know folks that, you know, every so many years, something will come up uh, for them about a loss and during a holiday time, and they, I have received emails from past uh, and, uh, clients who have said, you know, I've reverted back to the things that we talked about when making my original plan. So this is something that can be really helpful throughout the year and particularly during this time of year and throughout your whole grieving process because as I've talked about before and you all know, it's not uncommon that you will process every so often a deeper level of what the loss means to you. So, and I, and I think it's important too that I, I want to let you know I'm not only speaking of death, 
you know, that's likely one of the most common losses that one thinks of when there's a discussion around the holidays being hard. I know a lot of hospices right now are doing uh, navigating the holidays and, you know, that's centered around loss. But what about divorce? You know, that that's a huge loss for for families, especially if there's kids involved or um, even a separation. You know, maybe there was a breakup of a relationship where you're not divorced yet, but you're not really sure what's going on. Or maybe you're just apart for the first time from someone that you love. Maybe you've moved to another part of the country or your loved one is a service member and they're stationed away from you. You know, um, even illnesses, finding out some sort of new diagnosis or new information that's going to change your life and those that you love forever. So there are many scenarios that make this time of year difficult. And the suggestions that I have, you know, I think they can be used in a variety of settings. So what I encourage you to do is just kind of take what I say and see if it adapts to what your situation is. I, I think in some, you know, in some way I'm speaking in general enough terms and broad enough terms that you would be able to find this helpful, whether it's a, a death or some other type of loss. I do want to just kind of do a definition of what a special day or a holiday is, is, you know, any day that you have some reaction to, whether it's physically or emotional, maybe a day that's uncomfortable when you think about it, one where you just really don't feel peaceful, one, um, or should I say less peace than at other times, and one that you don't look forward to arriving. Those are some clues that there's some time frames coming up that you're uncomfortable with. And, you know, why are these days difficult? because they are symbolic of the loss. You know, every time that day comes around, you are reminded of who or what was lost. So let me begin by saying this. You don't have to do the same thing or things if you was, as you have always done in the past. Now, did you hear that? You do not have to celebrate the holiday in the, the tradition or traditions that you always have celebrated it. And in, in fact, you don't even have to celebrate it all if that would be a choice. Um, some of you may have just breathed a sigh of relief, right? Or, you know, maybe some of you that made, made you feel more anxious because it's easier to go along with the flow of family and friends than it is to tell them what you might really be feeling, which is I might not be so much into celebrating the holidays this year or at least the way that we've always celebrated them. Because we all know, um, you know, the number one thing we as grieving people have in the back of our minds is what? I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I don't want to ruin someone's day with my sadness. So, you know, what do we do? Especially during the holidays, we go along with the flow and often we'll paste a smile on our face. And that is also an option as well. You know, if that feels more comfortable for you, then do that. There are no right or wrong choices during this holiday time in how you want things to go. All I want to stress is make a plan. Planning for that um, that day that will be coming up, it's embracing your loss. And you know, you know how I go on about embracing your loss. Um, and you know, you're embracing the reality that someone or something is gone. You're embracing that and, and mourning it, which is expressing the thoughts and feelings, which is what is so important and vital to progressing through your loss. So if you aren't going to go with the flow, so to speak, then make a plan. And know and remember that that plan can always be changed. But having something solid to guide you during this season um, is really, really important. And just as a sidebar, you know, sometimes the holidays aren't as difficult for people as anniversaries or birthdays or maybe even a, a certain time of year. Uh, I, I remember working with a woman who found the month of July really difficult because that was when she and her husband would take the month and they would just travel and her first year without him she created a plan to get through that time and she was specific it was every day she had um, a how do I feel question with a a, uh, uh, a line to write that down the answer to that and she also had 
what am I going to do with the feelings that I'm having? She made a list uh, to draw from things that she enjoyed doing. uh, So that would bring her comfort if she was having a a difficult day. And she had a list of who, if anyone, uh, that she wanted to spend some time with and some things that she would do with them if that was something that would uh, help her feel better throughout the day. She she also made a list of, you know, this, she called it a what, if anything, do I want to do to remember um, the past trips and honor them. And she was really specific. And there were days that she needed to call up on that plan. And there were days when she told me that she felt okay. She, what was important though, she told me because that the plan was so helpful to her because it grounded her. It made her feel as if she was managing the month. She was navigating it based on her terms instead of that month because of that time controlling her with all of its memories. So, and I think that's an important aspect of making a plan and um, is realizing that you're going to have some hard days and some easy days coming up. And maybe what you think will be a hard day once it actually gets here is not going to be as hard as what you thought. Oftentimes, if you have a plan on how you want to deal with your holiday time, it doesn't come on as hard as what you think. And it's going to aid you in managing your emotions. And it's going to help navigate everything, um, navigate that day and that loss. And um, and I like that because I, I don't like the term coping with the loss or coping with the holidays. I feel like navigating is more of a um, an action word where I'm making choices to move through what the difficulties are that I have versus for me, in my mind, this is just me. When I hear I'm coping with this, it's kind of like, well, I don't really have control over what's going on. I don't really have choices in what's going on. So I'm just trying to exist and get through it. So that's kind of, that's a Kathy thing. Doesn't necessarily have to be your thing. So plans are important. How much more can I talk about that and say that? I think you probably have the point. So, um, Know that whatever you're going to be making a plan and writing down, it can change on that day. It's just something to give you a guide. And for the sake of our discussion today, I want to be looking at holidays as a a time um, that we'll be planning for. So the holiday season. Now, this time of year can be so difficult for grieving, grieving individuals because look at the sounds of happiness and the picture perfect scenes that are all around us, right? Um, it, all of those remind us exactly what we don't feel and what we don't have. And I don't know uh, what it's like for you that live in other areas outside of Seattle, but there's actually a radio station that has been playing 24-7 Christmas music. I know for the past week and possibly two weeks. So obviously all the com- you know Christmas commercials are, are on. They're telling us how happy that we're going to be. And when we make everybody else happy, when we get that perfect gift, you've got the Hallmark movies that are coming in full force. So all of these things are there and they're reminding everybody that is hurting right now that um, this isn't such a happy time for me. So what do we do about that? My first suggestion is that you take a moment and you think of a a special day that's coming up, perhaps Thanksgiving, Christmas, if there's another um, Hanukkah, if there. Kwanzaa, whatever you would celebrate, pick that day in your head, think about it, and ask yourself, what's the self-talk that I'm doing right now? Are you thinking, I wish those days or that day would never come? Um, Perhaps you're thinking, I wish they were already here and I could just get through them. Maybe you're thinking, I wish I could fill in that blank, or I wish everyone didn't expect me to fill in the blank. I wish I didn't have to fill in the blank, you know, or any of those thoughts resonating with you. How about this one? When you think of the special days, what comes to mind um, as to what's going to be difficult? Is it a specific tradition? Maybe you've got some, you know, food during this time of year. Is there sights and sounds that um, are difficult for you? Um, is it just the simply the day is going to be difficult for you? Really think about what makes it difficult. And answering those two questions is really going to help guide you in forming this plan. And I want to say um, when it can be anything, the plan can be anything from, um, from like from a step-by-step of how I'm going to get through the day to just a general, this is kind of 
lots of room for movement. Uh, the detail is really going to be up, up to you. I, I just encourage you to have one. And I really encourage you, especially if you have kids, involve them in what this is going to look like. And we're going to do an exercise. So, um, And I want you to really put your kids involved in it. Uh, we often think that kids want everything to be the same when a loss occurs. So oftentimes we can neglect or don't feel comfortable even in asking them how they would like the holiday to go. So um, we assume as adults that, well, we'll just keep everything the same for the sake of the kids. They're going to feel better about that. You know, we're pretending in actuality that nothing is different, and we're going to do that for the sake of the kids um, and thinking that it's really helpful to them. And quite frankly, that that can be a mistake. Uh, it's Some kids want everything to be just like it was. If we have the normal traditions, then everything is okay. I'm okay. Some kids think that. If the loss is a death, oftentimes kids do feel connected to the deceased when the traditions experienced with that person remain the same. However, um, some kids, you know, they don't want this time of year to look anything like it did before the loss. Um, but oftentimes they're afraid to speak up as they think uh, I've had adolescents tell me I'm just being selfish you know, mom wants it like this, or dad wants it like this, or my siblings want it like this. And so if I speak up, you know, I'm being selfish, I need to go along with the flow. So just tell your family, hey, we're all going to sit down, we're going to write out individual answers to the questions that I'm going to be telling you here. And then you're going to talk about them, and you're going to come up with a plan that works for everyone on some level. So it's so important to include these kids, I can't say it enough, they have feelings. And as strange as this time of year may feel to you, no, it feels just as strange to them. It's really important to talk with them. Let them know that there is no right or wrong way to celebrate. Whatever they feel comfortable with, you want them to be open and honest with them. Let them know that you as the adult won't be upset with what they want or don't want to do. And this is really vital in my work with adolescents and kids, and even in particular the little kids, you know, they want to go along with what the parents want. They want um, the parents, they try to take care of the parents. So really let them know that what they want and what they feel is important that you will hear it and follow through on that especially if they don't want to do something that is still so meaningful to you. Um, as an example, I worked with a family where the grandfather had died, and one tradition was to drive around as a family and look at Christmas lights. He was the instigator of this, so when the next Christmas came around, Grandma wanted to still do this. Everyone was on board except the oldest granddaughter, and, and she just couldn't do it. It was too difficult for her. And at first, Grandma was really upset because... She felt like, hey, if, if we don't do this, then we're forgetting him. And the granddaughter felt that she was remembering too much at the time. She wasn't able to hold that pain that driving around would bring her. So after some discussion, you know, Grandma was able to get that and agreed, you know, that, okay, we still are going to do this for the folks that felt comfortable. And they just gave a, the granddaughter said, you know what, I'll stay home. I'll have the hot chocolate ready. I'll have some cookies ready when you all come back. And we'll continue on with the holiday. That's what I'm talking about, everybody talking about it and coming up with a plan. So really be open to understanding what works for you as an adult or even as a whole family may not work for everyone else because grief is different. Our attachment is different. How we process things are is different. All right. So... Um, I, I also want to say this real quick. Having the conversations and making a plan, um, it's also going to be helpful in preventing some perhaps acting out behaviors that can occur on the day. If uh, kids don't have a way to, to a forethought into how to handle a, a difficult day that's coming up, you may find through their behavior that they're letting you know we needed to have made a plan. And even a two- or three-year-old can answer some of these questions that I'm going to be giving you here in a second so they can answer yes and no to the questions. And four or five-year-olds, they're really able to be pretty clear on what they would want uh, for the holiday. So please gather everyone, get some paper and pen, 
because I encourage you to write down your answers. And um, one reason is everybody, especially if they're of age to write, everybody is going to be able to do this on their own and nobody's going to be worrying about what somebody else is saying and then changing their mind. So there's a little strategy to that and just for the privacy. And it really protects the kids from going along with what the adults or everybody going along with each other. So, and then you're going to just share it. And um, if everyone writes down, you know, what they want to do, there's not going to be this. Well, I want to do this because you do. So it's just a way to keep everybody honest. And all right, some questions. Phil, and it would be basically like filling in this sentence. This year, pick the day, is going to be difficult because of, and then you just list all of the reasons as to why this holiday is going to be difficult. You know, any memories that are that you have of it, you know, what, what you're going to be missing about the, if the person has died, what, what, what is that? How does that impact the day? What are you going to be missing because that person isn't there? If it's a divorce, what are we missing because the family isn't intact? You know, so everybody take time to really think through that and start with the day at the beginning of the day all the way throughout because when you just think in the broader sense, sometimes it's really difficult to be specific. So really start at the morning and, and go throughout the day in your mind's eye and come up with what do I think is going to be difficult? And then write down the feelings that you think you're going to have on that day. Do some anticipation. You know, um, are you going to be sad? Are you going to be angry? Are you just going to, um, to feel numb? You know, are you going to feel foggy? Uh, physically, are you gonna? How are you gonna feel? Are you gonna? You think you're gonna have a headache? Do you feel like you're gonna have a lot of stress? So take some time. Write down what your feelings are. What you think you're gonna is gonna be happening with you physically. So you do those things, and then you're gonna write down traditions of the day that come to your mind. And again, that's gonna be starting in the morning and working through what are some traditions that we had, and how do I feel about those traditions. And this is an interesting one, especially if you're doing this with your family, because it can be quite surprising what one thinks of as traditions. I was um, I was working with a family where we were doing this exercise in session. I used to really do this with the families in session just to make them do it um, and to make sure that they did it. Uh, so the father had died in this particular instance. And when they were discussing traditions, they wanted um, they wanted to keep Mom wanted the Christmas morning breakfast that Dad used to cook. And she went on about how that was such a tradition. And the son agreed, but what the son thought was the best tradition was um, every Christmas morning, Dad, even though he's 14 still, Dad would come in from the time he was a baby up until he, was, until he died and the child was 14. He would come in and wake up the son by tickling him and saying, Merry Christmas, it's time to get up. And they would laugh and roll around and just, you know, just kind of mess around. And that was what he thought of on Christmas morning. He didn't even think of the breakfast as a tradition. You know, what made Christmas to him was the tickling. And mom, it was interesting to, to see their interaction on that. And that's, that's a great point in recognizing how different people view the day and how different people view what the traditions are. They ended up deciding that mom would cook the meal but um, the son did ask for mom, at least for this Christmas, to come in and, and tickle, tickle him. And then, um, as the son said, you know, we'll talk about the tickle years. Um, and so they kind of reminisced a little bit. And then they went down and had their breakfast. And, you know, maybe they didn't do that the next year. I don't know. But for that year, that, that's what felt good to them. So that's just an example of how everyone can view things differently, which is why it's so important to communicate about these. So write down what you like about your traditions. Write down if there were traditions that you didn't like. I, I worked with a woman whose husband died at, at Christmas time, and and he had one of those leg lamps from a Christmas story, if you all know what I'm talking about. Um, and if not, just Google Christmas story, um, the leg lamp, and you'll know it. And um, he loved that lamp, and she could not stand that lamp. And that was a tradition that every Christmas he got that out, he put it in the front window, just like in the movie. And she decided that that was something that she could not do any longer. And um, mother-in-law had a problem because it's like, well, you know, you're not, um, you're not honoring our, you know, your husband any longer. But she decided that as she told me, it's going to die along with her husband. 
and um, she decided not to do it. Now, that's that's what I'm talking about, too. That didn't work for her. It felt better to not do something. So really think about your day. So you're going to pick the day. You're going to be thinking about your feelings and try to anticipate what you're going to be thinking and feeling on that day. You're going to be looking at the traditions that you have on that day. And then um, as you think of each one, you know, write out the answers and ask yourself, you know, at this moment, is this still something that I want to do? Is this tradition important to me at this moment? And this is where it's important to allow yourself and others to be honest. No one is being betrayed if something doesn't feel good and you don't want to do it this year. So just don't do it. And that's the beauty of this exercise. A a discussion takes place. You put everything out there so hopefully there's no judgments. You know, only recognition that everyone may be feeling differently and allowing that to be okay, which can be quite healing. Let's take a a short break here. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. And when we come back, we will continue our discussion on navigating the holidays. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, what do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property? Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you, freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you, your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at 1-800-964-1553. That's one 800 What's your story? Have you ever sat with that question and looked to your heart for the answer? It's time to explore the real you. Tune in Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the brand new show, Story You, with Coach Debbie. Debbie and her guests have a mission to inspire and coach you to find your voice. If you need direction, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. If you want to be an author, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. Tune in Thursdays at 4 p.m. and be inspired. We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living. Discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid spend downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, valuing independence and care for all. Contact Kelly today at 425-931-2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters. And through every loss, something can be found. Before the break, I was encouraging you to think about what traditions that you wanted to do, um, perhaps through your discussion, what traditions you would like to create. That is also an important part of the, the holiday time. When you were discussing things, you know, how can you... Um, Meet halfway. What are some new things that can come out of this time? And I think that's the uh, that's what can be found in in this time of, of year, and what can be found in the loss of not having everything intact. Your family, um, the you know people around you that that are that are gone. The uh, particular loss that has occurred. What can be found is new traditions, new ways of interacting, new ways of going forward in life, and then what that can bring to each one of you, you know, what that can bring in um, building closeness in a family and creativity and finding out, hey, there's some new things that we can do. Um, I know a lot of times what I have encouraged families to do when they're talking about the holidays and talking about the traditions and really trying to look at what do we want to do this year, you know, a lot of people... They they just come up with ways to to move forward and and to honor someone and and that's a, a really important part of what planning for the holiday is 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 there a way especially if it's a deceased person that is not with you is there a way to honor that person 
And I always encourage folks when I work with the families and when I would do workshops, I would always encourage everyone to think about what is something I can do to honor my loved one, because that, that feels good to do that. It feels good to know that we're taking a moment and remembering our loved one. You know, that can be as simple as maybe you light a candle by a picture of the person. Uh, maybe you set a place setting at the Thanksgiving table for that person, and then everyone can, can go along and move through making some comments about what they loved about this person, what they miss about this person, what the person would be saying or doing if they were here right now. Uh, that can be very meaningful, and especially for kids, it can be, it can be helpful, allowing them to, to share what is on their mind with their loved one. You know, a lot of folks will, will maybe give donations to, to something in honor of the loved one. You know, uh, if there was a cause that was important to them, they'll give a donation to that. I, I worked with a woman once who uh, her father always wore flannel shirts, and she decided to honor him. She was going to hand out flannel shirts at Christmas time to homeless shelters, and that was a way for her because her father was so giving and he was always trying to help others. So that was a way for her to honor him. Um, just lots of different, lots of different ways. Maybe, you know, creating together a photo album. And that was one thing that I really loved when I would have the families work together in creating this plan. The, the discussions that would come about in memory lane is, is amazing. But they would, you know, make an idea, hey, how about on Christmas Day or on a certain day of, uh, that's special to them, let's do a photo album together or let's pull out pictures and, and reminisce and talk about this person. And so there's really a lot you can do to bring joy to the day. And um, especially if you're understanding what's going to be difficult for you and how to bring the joy. And what's important to be able to feel that joy is Let's talk about the emotions that's going to come up. Um, let's do some anticipation on managing your emotions so you can have some joy in that day, and especially important to, to the kids because not only do you want to have your own plan in managing your emotions, you really want to make sure the kids can have one as well. So one of the, the first things is really, you know, when I had said identify what you think you're going to be feeling when you are um, on that day and, and trying to anticipate what that's going to be. You're going to have a plethora of feelings. I would venture to say that one common one is going to be sadness. And out of sadness, though, if we're not recognizing it as sadness and saying, I feel sad, you may find that you're angry, irritable. Maybe you're just nonchalant that day. Um, other folks will do an exaggeration. They'll be, uh, you know, exaggeratedly happy. They will um, be bouncing off the walls. They'll just be so bright and cheerful and and really, that's not what they're feeling. So really make a plan uh, about your emotions. And I think it's safe if you really would focus on on sadness, that this is really most definitely likely going to be something that you're going to be to be feeling. And so when it comes to your emotions and managing those, it's going to be really important in your plan to come up with what can I do to soothe myself? What is it that I can do to calm myself? and make myself feel better first. That may be going to a special place in your head. That may be taking a warm bath. That may be a, a certain type of, of clothing. I know when I've worked with some families, uh, a spouse, spousal loss, if the other spouse wanted to put on um, an article of clothing that that person wore. Kids, a lot of times, will want to have like a ball cap or a sweatshirt or something of their, their loved one, and, and that's soothing to them to have that on or to put that around them. Come up with ways that you can soothe yourself, you know, um, and and write those down. Be specific. Even with the kids, have the kids identify what's going to be important to you to be able to to give yourself a little bit of, of calmness uh, without leaning on someone else. And then also within that, who is your supportive person? So how am I going to soothe myself? What are things I can do myself? And then what are some things and who am I going to call upon that can help me feel better if I need to throughout that day? And when I say support, folks will automatically go, oh, a, a sibling or a relative or whatever. 
which is great. But really ask yourself this question. When you're going to think of your support person, ask yourself, what does this person specifically do that supports me? And if you cannot come up with an answer, that is not the person to support you. I have asked folks that question before and I'll get like, well, she's my sister. She's supportive. Okay, what does she do that's supportive? And then I get a look of like, well, I'm not really sure. But then I'll ask about someone else. Oh, well, my cousin, this is what she does. It's supportive to me. She listens to me. And oh, by the way, when I think about it, my sister likes to tell me what I should do. So pick people that are supportive to you that are there to listen to you, that are there to encourage you, and um, not somebody that's just like, well, they're a relative or they're um, a friend, and so I'm automatically saying they're supportive. Because what you want to do is you want to come up with a plan that if you need to call upon them, you want them to know that, and you want to be available. Um, You want them to be available to know that, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I'm anticipating I'm going to feel. This is what I'm going to try to do to manage those emotions, but if I need a different pick-me-up or if I need a different support, I want to be able to call you on this day, and then this is what I, I need from you. And then you talk about what that will be. It may be just I need a pep talk. Hey, I need you to come over and just sit with me, or I need you to, to you know make me laugh, something like that. So really have a support person. And it's for kids as well. And kids, their support person may not be you. They may be, um, a lot of times if they're adolescents, they're going to want to call up on a friend. They might want to call up on a teacher. They may want to call up on friends' parents. Um, Don't be offended by that because it's very natural and normal. Still, uh, again, kids like to protect their parents. And so if um, talking to their parents about their hurt feelings about a loss can be difficult for them. So it's easier for them to to talk with others that aren't so personally involved in it. So help the kids to identify who can you call upon if um, you're starting to have a, a difficult time. That's really, really important. And then let that person know or those people know that you want to call upon them and, and make sure you tell them what you want them to do. And then what are some actions that you can take to manage your emotions? And this is really, this is really important. Write down specific things that you can do. If you find yourself getting irritable or you're short-tempered and there's a lot of noise or chaos in the house, hey, do you need to take a walk? Do you need to go to your room? If the kids are getting overstimulated because so much is going on or just they're overstimulated with their emotions, hey, what is it that they're going to do to calm themselves down and to make sure that they handle their emotions before they get out of hand. Be really specific on that. Write that down. Put it on a fridge. Put it in the bathroom. Somewhere where you are able to see it, where they are able to see it. Um, if, if you've got younger kids and they're maybe not so verbal or um, being able to really identify their feelings, you know, if they're under 10, they may have a hard time saying what they're feeling. I encourage you to have them choose a toy or have them choose an item that when they, if they're having their feelings, that when they pick it up, you know that they're having feelings, they know they're having feelings, and then you can talk with them about what's going on and uh, support them and um, try to help soothe them. So for younger kids, it's, it's really easy to have them pick something that, you know, a stuffed animal, a lot of kids, times kids will pick a stuffed animal. I worked with a a 13-year-old that when he was having feelings about the loss, he would go put on his grandpa's hat. And that was a sign to everybody, hey, feelings are here. We need to talk about them. So do something like that. That can be really, really helpful as well. Um, And I think, yeah, I think um, really making sure that you've got your person and uh, that, that you can call upon and really making sure that you want to act upon what the feelings are and um, dealing with them. Because you got to remember, it's okay to feel what you're going to be feeling. And um, it's okay. The, the word no during the holiday season is really important. And I just want to quickly say something about that. The word no is okay to use. No, thanks. I don't feel like going to this party. No, thanks. I don't feel like going out. You know, a lot of times during the holidays, we think the busier you are, the less you're going to feel pain. So friends and family may be going, hey, if you just come out and we do some fun stuff, you're going to feel better. Maybe, maybe not. Um, So just know, no, 
is a word and you are able to use it and be honest with people about where you are. If you want to do something, do it. If not, be honest about it. If you're having sadness or thoughts or feelings about something, be honest about it. Honesty is so important in general, but when you're grieving, it is very, very important. Know that it's okay to change the routines. Changes don't mean it's going to be forever. What you do this year, you may not want to do next year. Things you decide are, hey, this is a great tradition. We're going to do this every year. Next year, it may not um, feel okay, and that's okay. And take care of yourself. You know, it's okay to indulge in some things that you enjoy. Um, It's okay to let the kids indulge in some things that, you know, maybe, hey, I normally wouldn't let you eat 10 cookies. You know what? Let them eat 10 cookies one night. It's going to be okay. And really ask yourself a few questions. And this is going to be kind of in in, uh, closing. What will this day be like without the person? What will this day be like if I don't do what we normally do? Answer those questions a little bit. And then ask yourself, what do I need from others during this time to help me have a positive day, a day that's not so hard? And also, what can I give others? A lot of times when we're having a hard time, it can feel good to do something for someone else. Maybe volunteer at a a soup soup shelter or a homeless shelter or, you know, um, do some volunteer work or create something and, and go to a hospital and, you know, maybe deliver something there. So there's lots of ways to give to others. And for kids, it can be really helpful for them to give to someone else because as much as we're hurting, there are other people that hurt as well. And a lot of times, if I can help somebody that's hurting, it can help me feel a little bit better. So just some things to remember. Um, I hope this has been helpful to you. I appreciate you tuning in. And remember, people, be gentle with yourself during this time. Be gentle with others during this time. It is okay to do things differently. And I think if you follow this plan, you're going to find that the holiday season here is going to be um, a little less difficult and heartbreaking, perhaps. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. And remember, as Lao Chu says, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. Bye-bye.